Would you raise your hands again all over the house and ask the Lord to have his way in us tonight. Come on, lift your voice. Everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, young people, I want you to raise your hands. Really ask God to do something in you this week. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise if you would. Hallelujah. I'm as glad to be in Legacy 2012. Praise God. It's an honor of mine to be here and um, have sought the Lord concerning these next four nights, wanting to, if any way possible, give back just a little bit of what was given to me at this age the impact these types of meetings had on had on myself and um, you know we we use the rhetoric I don't want to just I don't want it just to be verbiage that we use I, I really want something supernatural to happen this week in us and with us uh, it's just my, my tongue's not in my cheek when I say that I mean that uh, I really want the Holy Ghost to meet with us and so I've how do you start, you know? Where do you begin? Um, I know the, the pressure of these type of meetings, you've got to have a, you know, catchy little title and some good stories to get your attention. And, but I'm, I'm pretty unorthodox, and um, I, I don't know... I don't believe I'm going to sermonize tonight. I'm just going to give you what's on my heart. And if that takes 15 minutes and it's enough to stir you, then I'll be happy. Praise God. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I don't think my boys know anybody that's here. 
but I think some of you young people have tried to previously contact my seven-year-old somehow. It's the first time he's ever said it. On the way here, we was almost here after about a five-hour drive today, and he looked over at me and he said, Dad, would you please not preach two hours tonight? So I'm going, I'm going to, to try to uh, avoid that. If you've got your Bibles, 1 Timothy Again, I don't don't know really what you're expecting. I was a little apprehensive to begin this way because some of the statements I'm going to make tonight, if taken out of context, um, could be misunderstood. And. Uh, I know most of you and you know me so we're okay but there's a few that don't and just give it till the end of the week I don't have anything to hide no no axe to grind and uh, I wouldn't do anything but to hurt your kids I just I really have felt something strong tonight first Timothy chapter 4 Verse number 16, one verse there. If you there, say amen. Take heed unto thyself. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the young man, Timothy. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Take heed unto thyself and unto thy doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. If I had to choose, five scriptures and it would be hard but if I had to choose five that we really need to get acquainted with and have a meeting with and that's pertinent now all scriptures profitable don't get me wrong but a top five I believe this one would lie therein this is very important and I don't have a title tonight. I really don't have any notes. I just got a couple of things I want to say. And I want the Holy Ghost to move in our midst. That's what we want most of all. We want the Holy Ghost to move. 
that's what we want most of all. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm thankful tonight, before this week comes to an end, you will, I'm sure, pick up how I really feel about the watchman on the wall. But tonight, uh, I, I, I want you to know that I'm, I'm so thankful for a clear sound. I appreciate I'm just in the presence of the great men that we're in here tonight, men that um, are renowned for a clear sound. And everything that we are facing and everything that we have faced, the convulsion, the compromise, the waywardness and Pentecost as a whole, I am very thankful that there have been men that have been willing to stand up against those strange winds and defy those spirits. I, it's important that you hear me, young people. It's important that I say this. It's a, it's important that I preface just for a minute where I'm going. I'm thankful for that. I, I believe that the reestablishment and the reclarification of lines that were drawn a long time ago is pertinent and very important. I'm thankful for all of the doctrine preaching that we have heard in the last four or five years. I'm thankful that there are still meetings with unfettered pulpits where we have heard men stand without fear as giants against the face of all of this compromise. And these men have, with great anointing and class, articulated and have preached and made clear. They have not diluted, they have not watered down this message. I thank God for the giants even in our midst tonight that have stood for truth and have been willing to preach a message of holiness in the face of critics. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. If you've got a pastor that's not afraid to preach separation from the world, if you've got a pastor that's still an old-time Pentecostal preacher, you ought to be thankful for that. Hallelujah. If you've got a man of God tonight that's willing to draw the line, and he's willing to hold that line. And there's consequences to pay. If you cross that line, you ought to go to bed and sleep good at night. And you ought to thank God every day that you live that you have a true pastor in your life. Come on now, you got to help me. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. 
And uh, I appreciate these large meetings where the pulpit has been unfettered and men have, have articulated so clearly where we have stood and where we will continue to stand as we face this 21st century. I'm thankful for every message that I have heard in the last five years where men have stood up with straight backs and have pinpointed where we're going to stand and the things that are right and the things that are wrong. I thank, I'm thankful for every message that I have heard preached uh, on holiness and, and standards and separation in the last five years. It's needed. I understand why it's been done and I understand why we're hearing so much of it because there is so much garbage going on in our world and there is so much carnality and we are living in the last days and, and the love of many shall wax cold. I, I, my hat is off and I salute every man in this place that has stood your ground and has preached this truth and has stood strong against the spirits of the world come on young people hallelujah I'm thankful for this apostolic message I'm thankful I am thankful tonight that I know that there's not multiple ways to be saved I'm thankful tonight that I've got a preacher in my life that's willing to tell me there's not 15 ways to get to heaven I'm thankful tonight that I've got a man of God that's preached to me there's one Lord one faith and one baptism Come on, am I in the right camp tonight? Anybody believe that's the only saving message? It's not up for discussion. It's not on the table for negotiation. The jury's not out on that. Peter had the keys. I'm here today to tell somebody, I am thankful for this beautiful message of the death, burial, and the resurrection. Hallelujah. Young people, you stand tall. You square your shoulders. This is not old-fashioned in the sense of not being cool or hip. This message is timeless. This is the only thing that's last. Lasted. Everything else will fade and pass away. I'm telling you, water baptism in Jesus' name will still deliver the drug addict. The Holy Ghost still has the power to take the taste out of the alcoholic's mouth somebody shout yes shout yes hallelujah hallelujah in the midst of perverseness and wickedness and in the midst of the twisted sin soaked sex soaked society that we're living in it's not time for the preacher to back up I'm telling you I believe if there has been ever a relative message the message of separation is relative right now Come on, I need somebody to help me. In the midst of everything we're seeing. Come on, have you picked up the paper? Have you listened to the radio? The immorality. I just read a statistic that the average American girl loses her virginity by the age of 14 now. You telling me that this message of separation is not relative? That's garbage. We need a message that still says, Come ye out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing hallelujah 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 
I'm thankful. I'm thankful for young men. I'm thankful for elders that have continued to withstand the pressure in Pentecost to let our stand against Hollywood go out the window. I said I'm thankful that I'm still running with people that are not afraid to preach that you ought not have a television in your house. I don't care what the biggest percentage of Pentecost is. Folks, I've made up in my mind I don't have time for that. And I don't have time for the wickedness that comes with that. I don't want that in my life, in my house, in my marriage, in my home. Come on, just about the time the denominal world's coming around our way of thinking on our stand against television, we got people throwing it out saying it's not important anymore. I'm thankful, I'm thankful for every man that stood as bold as a lion and preached against it in the face of compromising Pentecost. I'm thankful. I, I thank God for every clothesline message I've heard in the last five years that's been done with the right spirit. Hello, somebody. With the right spirit. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for men that will still preach that a man ought to look like a man and a woman ought to look like a woman. And it's sin for a woman to wear that that pertaineth to a man. It's an abomination. Well, one, two, three, four. Let me get out here on these speakers. Maybe you'll help me if I get out here. even go a step further. I'm thankful for all the preaching I've been hearing of late of men that are standing up, sounding off the trumpet about uh, about the involvement, the, the over-involvement from our, uh, from our people in sports. And I'm not just talking about playing it in an organized fashion. I'm not talking about necessarily worshiping the gods. I'm talking about just touching the meat that they offer the gods that they're worshiping. I just hit a brick wall right there. Ten years ago, I didn't think about this stuff. I didn't play in high school. Glad I didn't play in high school. Thankful I had a pastor that was smart enough and wise enough to steer me in another direction. Thankful I had parents that backed this preaching up. But ten years ago, I didn't think about there being any problem with listening to it on the radio or reading about it all the time in the paper until I got a child of my own and he's smart. I mean, he is a smart cat. How am I going to tell him that he can't play little league ball when a constant He's he's seeing and hearing me listen to it and read about it. That didn't go over too well. Tell you something, all you parents and preachers and preachers' wives and 
guardians and chaperones. I'm going to tell you something. I'm afraid if we lose this generation, we will lose this generation. One of the main reasons we'll lose this generation is because of inconsistencies. Because this generation is either, it's white or black. And if it's not white, So, I'm thankful. It's right. Thankful for doctrine preaching. I'm thankful for separation preaching. I, 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 still, I still believe. I still believe that it's wrong. Makeup's wrong. Jewelry's wrong. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a clear sound. I still think that modesty is the will of God. And there's more to modesty than a sleeve length or a skirt length. I've seen sleeve length and a skirt length, right? And it being modest. Some of you like me right now, but you're going to be mad here in a second. Because I'm going somewhere. It's right. It needed to be done. I'm thankful for all the clarification that's. Bless God, we're not moving from this. I said all that to make this statement. And this is, I don't know where we're going to go from here. But this is the statement I want to make. I wonder where we would be at as a movement right now. If in the last hundred years... We would have spent, and I'm telling you, I've been shot full of, you can shoot me tonight, you'll shoot through a hole that's already there. I've got guys that have begged me. I had a man call about two months ago. He said, I'm begging you. Don't say it again. Just, I understand where you're coming from. It's right. He said, but we need you too bad. And he said, too many people misunderstand what you're, God gave it to me and I got scripture to back it up. If you have a revelation and you can't back it up through the word of God, it's not a revelation. It, or it may be a revelation, but it is not a revelation from God. I wonder where we would be. Listen to me, young people. As a movement, if in the last hundred years, we would have spent as much time trying to get us right as we've spent trying to get our doctrines right. We may be done on the first night. You may just send me on home. That's fine. I miss my wife. I said everything I said. All that there. I really didn't want to say all that stuff I said during the first 15 minutes. But I wanted you to know where I'm standing. I've given my life to this thing the last 13 years. If you don't, if, if, if the conservative apostolic movement, if you don't know where I stand by now, I, I, I am sick of having to preface everything God gives me to preach. But I still believe this. But there, there is some ugly garbage in conservative Pentecost that's being hid behind righteous robes. 
of standards. And I'm very well aware, young people, listen to me. I'm very well aware you can get out of balance in both directions. But if we have a problem in conservative Pentecost, we are out of balance. Not in the direction of worrying about the heart. We're out of balance the other direction. I'm sorry, I'm not here tonight to criticize. I'm not here to rebuke elders. I'm not in that. I'm just, that's not my business. I'm just talking about me. I am telling you that I am one of the only ones left, period, in my generation that I went to camp with like this right here. That's left, period, in the church. I'm not talking about not in ministry. Many of them were called. Some of them are in Hollywood. Some of them are literally rock stars. Some of them are in the second, third marriages. Three or four of them are already dead. And I can promise you in the conferences that I went to as a young man, there was not a lack of preaching about standards. And it's needed. And there's a time and a place for it if it's done with the right spirit. But what have we done if we have manipulated and invoke fear to the point where people are dressing right but all they're doing is covering up a filthy heart what do you think that Jesus was driving at ladies and gentlemen what do you think all of those scriptures in the New Testament were about the Pharisees who do you think those scriptures are applicable to in the 21st century you think those scriptures pertain to the denominal world you're a fool go look up what a Pharisee means it means a separatist And it was stuff that Jesus barbed them with and chided them with when he made comments like, when you get the inside of the cup clean. Oh, got, got one of them charismatic preachers here this week. He's got his little... He got his little, uh, he got his little orange shoes on, his fancy, fancy little tie. Got your little charismatic. No, no, no. I'm telling you, we're a long ways from being charismatic. There's some things that need to be talked about as far as what those long sleeves and what those long skirts and what those long pants and what those white shirts on Sunday night. What are they covering up? And we have raised in a generation that, I'm sorry if this is too truthful, they're not fools. And they have watched the generation, their parents, and not all of them, but some of them have watched glaring inconsistencies. They have watched sleeve links and dress links and pant links and uncut hair. They've watched it gossip. 
They've watched it walk through the store and refuse to speak to somebody else on the other cross, the other aisle across the way that's Pentecost, maybe just because. I made up my mind just a few weeks ago. I've seen the last conservative preacher fall in the sense of standards and separation without saying something as a young man. And I'm 31 and I'm green and I've got a long ways to go. But we are in trouble. We have created a monster. We have created a monster that says, if you, look like, if you look right when somebody's watching. If you look right when you go to church. If you look right when you go out and you might see somebody from the church. We have created a monster that's going to make us look like a bunch of idiots if we don't get a hold of this. Splitting hairs. And I believe in the local autonomy of the church. But some of the hairs that we're splitting. And as judgmental. I wonder, and I don't have the answers, but I sat and watched my boys getting a haircut today, and a boy that I went to camps with just like this, played ball with, prayed with, cried with, had a rock station on. I heard him singing a song he wrote, Grammys for it, and I wondered, because I remember some of his issues. And I remember some of the things that he talked about. I wonder what kind of percentage we could have salvaged if some way we, would, we could have attempted to try to balance as much attention on the state of the mind and the state of the heart of a man as much time as we spent trying to get the man dressed right. I'll tell you what stands out in my mind. I go back. It's messages. It's messages 
The ones that impacted me, I go back in my mind. The places I turned the corner. The places where stuff died. And I, I had struggles. I had struggles with some of the outward stuff. But I'm talking about what stuff died in here. When, when it died in here, all of a sudden something just clicked. And I didn't have... There wasn't a problem with... Jesus... He, he, he purposely put the loves before he put the love knots. We, we lick that candy stick. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. We lick it till the stripes are gone. But that's the bottom of the chapter. The first of the chapter said, love your brother or love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. We, we, we preach order. We preach process. We, we preach there's, there's a proper order. We got to get the order right. Let's get the order right. And Paul told Timothy, get your doctrine right and continue in your doctrine. He said, but as you're getting your doctrine right, you get yourself right first. Then get your doctrine right and continue in both of them. We need to continue in doctrine. We need to continue in separation preaching. But we also need to continue working on this heart that is exceedingly wicked and it's deceptive. You can keep the scissors out of your hair and fornicate and justify it because you hadn't had the scissors in your hair. It's not a standard problem. It's a hard problem. I've never seen so much deception in all of my life. I have never seen people who are so willing to lie. I don't know who to trust. I don't know what to believe. I've been told so many things. People, it's just like they'll, they'll lie about it. You know what the issue is? We got a deceptive problem. We got a lying problem in Pentecost. And it's not because of our standards. The lying problem is because we've got a hard issue. What have we done if we get the sleeve links right and the dress links right and the makeup off and we keep the class rings off of our, off of our seniors and we keep the high splits down and, and we keep the tight clothing off and we keep our kids away from the ball games? What have we done if we've done those things and nobody's talked about the heart? We wonder. Why our retention rates, and nobody wants to talk about this, but why our retention rates are pathetic. Somebody asked me the other day, Brother Marks, what are you doing to preach and help churches retain new people? And I turned and I looked at him and I said, you... I said, I'm telling you, there's something greater than that we better worry about right now in Pentecost. 
We want to retain the new ones. But I'm telling you, I have never seen such an onslaught against our own people. People are only going to live like this for so long out of manipulation, out of fear. Even, even how good it feels on Sunday night. I don't care how good a preacher you are. I don't care how great your music department is. You can have cutting edge youth department. You can build them gyms. God, please let these people understand what I'm trying to tell them right now. But if they, if you young people don't get this in your heart. David never prayed, God help me to get this being a king stuff right. No! But he did pray, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Why? Because I believe he knew and understood if I can get my words right and I can get the meditation of my heart right, I can do this being king stuff right. And young people, if you can get your words right and you can get your heart right, you can do this being apostolic thing. You can do it. You can live it. You can love it. You can put it in your kids. You can be doing it when the rapture takes place. You can be ready when you die. But if you don't get this in your heart. Heart. What are you talking about, Brother Mars? I'm talking about the stuff that goes on behind closed bedroom doors. I'm talking about the stuff you think goes away when you push delete. I'm thankful for the tools that Apple's provided us. But young people, if your heart's not right, it's not going to be a tool. It's going to be a weapon. And it's going to be a weapon you commit suicide with.
sense and I've read it, quoted it. What's the driver? What's the rider driving at? Who can know it? I like the way one commentary put it. Who's going to go to work on it? Because it's a process. That's why the Bible says that we practice And I want to ask you on the first night of this camp, in the midst of the sticky fog of humidity, I want to ask you, who's going to get up off the floor tonight? Say, you know what? I know my heart's wicked, but I've made up in my mind I'm fixing to go to work. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to justify because of some outward standard that I've got right. Come on, the problem with the mirror. Come on, we preached about the ministry of the mirror. But the problem with the mirror is the mirror can't reflect what's on the inside. God forbid we judge where we are as a 21st century apostolic church by what we see in the mirror. There's some ugly stuff in this house tonight. It's black. Your curls are just right. Your tie's in place. You got a good haircut. You got one before you got here. Got it up off your collar. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not being sarcastic. We wouldn't have to browbeat young men to keep their hair off of the collar and off their ears. We wouldn't have to browbeat them to not comb their hair crazy like every passing fashion and fad that comes through. If they are at work. And I've seen people backslide and say, the world made me do it. If you don't get anything else I said tonight, get what I'm fixing to say. They left and said, the world made me do it. A friend made me do it. No, no. Your heart. Your heart made you do it. Because out of the heart comes all the issues. Oh. I hope to God conservative Pentecost brother Bass will keep embracing me. Not because I need somewhere else to preach. I believe this is one of the reasons I'm living right now. I hope you guys don't just discard and throw me away and say, oh, he's just a compromiser. Folks, you heard me. I'm not about moving the line. Let's keep our holiness right. But 
let's make sure in the process we're taking heed to ourselves. Because the fact of the matter is, Brother Bass, the most impacting thing of that little short scripture there that I read to you as a text he said, if you take heed to both, you'll keep both and you'll save yourself. He said, continue in both. But that last little phrase is, if you take heed and you continue in both, you'll save yourself and, and, I am tired of seeing Credibility taken from conservative Pentecost because of hypocrites who won't live with a clean heart. I'm dealing personally with a situation dealt with it this very week. Dealing with a situation... Far from here. A lot of people stand to be lost. That's what he's driving at. Timothy. If you're sharp on both your doctrine and on yourself. And you keep on top of both of them. You'll save yourself and you'll save those that hear you. But there's also a strong implication there. If you neglect one or both. You could cause the ones that hear you to be lost. Young people, I would, I prayed something could happen in this meeting that we could get up off our faces here in a few minutes and we would be a lot slower to judge and God could take a little edge off of our certainty. I want to spend less time pointing out what my brother. I want to spend less time pointing out what my brother doesn't have right that I have right. I want to spend less time doing that and more time on me finding something else that I can get right. Rather than being so certain and so judgmental. God deliver us of that spirit. If we do not get rid of that judgmental spirit ministry, I'm telling you, we are either going, we are going to break.
breed a generation of Pharisees or we are going to breed a generation who despises and hates the word Pentecost. Because I'm dealing with both extremes. I talk to preachers' kids all over America. I'm dealing with both extremes. I'm sorry. If I have to be conservative, to be labeled conservative, if I have to put in my kids that those people are going to hell and those people are going to hell and those people are going to hell and I love you, but if I have to do that to wear that label, my kids are going to have to deal with enough things. You are not the judge. Do you hear me? Young people, do you hear me? You are not the judge. Judgmentalism and self-righteousness is like hand and glove. And they feed off of one another. And the fact of the matter is, you hear me? I don't agree with Esau. I don't agree with Edom. I don't think he made the right decisions. I don't think his love was in the right places. I think he had some stuff twisted and messed up. But Jacob, don't forget you were a liar too. And the fact of the matter is God let them destroy and demolish. And every time they would come to the Edomites, God would say, Nope. Go around them. It's a heart. I'm still preaching about the heart. We've justified these things. Saved, not saved, in, out. Labeling this, labeling that. I don't agree. I don't agree. But I feel like there's a clear sound that God's speaking to this generation saying, let them be. You think your judgmentalism and your criticism is going to do anything to help them? If anything, it's going to drive them further away. And if anything, that's in your heart. That's, 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 only, that's just going to poison you. I personally believe, and I could be wrong, Brother Bass, you're my elder. There's my coat. Anytime you want it, you can have it. I believe one of the biggest obstructions right now to the conservative apostolic movement having revival and miracles the way God wants us to have it is we have an obstruction in the road. And we're still beating and kicking the thunder out of what compromising Pentecost is doing. Let them be. There's always been compromisers. There's always going to be compromisers. Pick it up. Move it out of the road. Quit rubbernecking looking at it. You're not going to change them. 
and let's go. Not with an attitude of, bless God, we're leaving you behind. No, let's go. We got things to do. We got cities to reach. We got people to win to God. We got church pews to fill. There's drug addicts and you got people on your school and in college. We don't have time to deal with that obstruction. My God, let's quit picking the scab. They did it. Okay, they did it. They did it. It's done. They tripped the floodgate. Okay. Let them live with it. We got to go on. And I close with this. Come on. Keyboard. Maybe a singer. I don't need. It's okay. Just a couple of people. We don't need a bunch. Just a couple Here's where I'm at, young people. I quote it probably ten times a day. We've used it and it's, it's applicable. Hear me? Don't pay attention to them. Look at me. We've used it as, as a praise and worship verse, and it is. But it's become something a little more dear to me than that. And I hope tonight, on this first night, I can give it to you and you'll take it with you home. I quote it every day probably ten times. Brother Bass will tell you he's a student, one of the greatest minds among us. Many times in the New Testament the word blessed can it's interchangeable with the word what what we call happy. Throughout scripture. And the psalmist, and you're gonna know the verse, but let's take it home with just a little bit deeper understanding. He said this. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that's within me. I'm not talking about a degree on the dial as far as the volume or the energy when I'm saying all that's within me I'm not talking about how high you're jumping or how loud you're shouting or how fast you're running scripture's got a little deeper meaning to me Lord I want you to be happy with all that's in me I don't want to keep one little room over here to the side with a door lock that I don't let nobody go into. I want to make you happy. And the only way you can be happy in totality with me is if I'm trying to make you happy with all. My friends, my dating, my schooling, my attitude, my emails, the pictures I'm texting, the text messages that I'm sending, 
my treatment of my brothers and sisters, my treatment of the unfortunates in my youth group. (laughs) The music that I listen to, what I'm watching, where I'm going, what I do in public, what I do in secret. I want to bless you with all. I don't want to have a clean standard and a dirty heart. What you hiding behind that bun tonight? What you hiding behind that white shirt and tie? What you hiding behind that good looking haircut? <laughs> what you hiding behind that neck and chest that doesn't have any tattoos or piercings or jewelry hanging on it? What what you Oh what I wear, what I say, what I think, what I meditate, the meditation. Is your heart clean? I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be a gossip. I don't want to be a backbiter. I don't want to be self-righteous. I don't want to be pharisaical. I, I don't want to be ugly and nasty. No wisdom is always gentle and it's kind. Why, why, why are you nervous? Why, why would you be nervous right now? If we've dropped the ball, this is where we've dropped it because the fact of the matter is, is if you get the inside of the cup clean, the outside will be clean also. We don't need to work from the outside in. We need to work from the inside out. I want to know, is there a young person that says, yeah, care who my pastor is, don't care how good a preacher he is, thankful for him, but I still got a wicked heart. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and the Bible says of my flesh there's no good thing in it. I want to know, is there any young people on the first night of legacy that says, I'm, I, I'm going to go to work on my heart. I'm going to get lying out, I'm going to get rebellion out, I'm going to get... The little sins, the, 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 the things that sometimes we leave unattended, the things that I want you to hurry. I don't want you to linger around. I want you to rush. I want, I want, I want a sense from you urgency. We're going to go somewhere in the spirit this week. We're going to take the first night and get ourselves right. I don't want to spend four nights trying to get us right. We can do that pretty quick. Come on, I believe the Holy Ghost wants to use us to do other things. 
I believe the Holy Ghost wants to speak to us concerning some other things. Come on. Is it pornography? Come on. Are you, are you dating somebody that's not in the church? Are you going against the, the direction and the wisdom of your pastor? That's, that's not a standard problem. That's a heart problem. That's a heart issue. That's, there's a heart, something going on in your heart. It's too quiet. You need to get your mouth open and pray, young people. I want a clean heart. Come on, this first night, a lot of you, I don't know you. A lot of you, I've never seen you, but I, I believe this is a good way to start. I believe this is appropriate. Come on, open your mouth and cry out to God. I'm fixing to go to work on my heart. I, I, I'm going to get the standards right. I, I believe that's important. I believe obedience to my pastor is important, but... My pastor, he he can preach, but he can't do the personal work on my heart. I, I've got to go to work on my heart. That's my responsibility. Who can know it? It's deceitful. Exceedingly wicked. Who's going to go to work on it? Who's going to clean it up? Who's going to make sure that you're not judgmental? It's too quiet. you got to pray. I need preachers and preachers' wives encouraging i need parents adults chaperones staff i need you you pastors come pray with these kids right now give me a clean heart i want to bless you with all that's within me